Salam and hello to our dearest peace lovers and peacemakers. Welcome to Peace Mindedly. I'm Sara Jamshidi. I am going to be very brief here because I want us to go back to the actual interview with our guest. We need your help and support during this Ramadan. We launched a crowdfunding campaign on launchgood.com, a fundraising platform supporting Muslim creators. Please go to launchgood.com, L-A-U-N-C-H, good.com, and in the search box, type Goldtune, G-O-L-T-U-N-E, and find us. The title of our campaign is Support Goldtune Continue Its Original Media Coverage of the Muslim Community in Ramadan. We appreciate any dollar amount that you can pledge. Here, we would like to thank Farhana Abo, Chandra Sharji, Fatima Elmi, Nasher Khan, Nilo Farhashemian, Tanvi Rahman, and many more people who pledged their support. Thank you very much. I hope we can include your name next week. And now, back to our program. I really believe that we cannot, we cannot go through Ramadan without talking about food. You know, our bodies stay away from food for many, many hours and probably our minds is, um, cannot think about anything else but, but food and what we are going to put in our stomach after long time of starvation. Ramadan is a beautiful month for Muslims to stay away from so many of the things that may on on given days we just do not uh, pay attention to and by that we are obeying God and following the spirit of Ramadan during this month I cannot help but but think about one specific line that I truly love it is by Rumi it says empty out your belly from food to see God's light. And I do believe that that usually happens during Ramadan, but the reality is we cannot live with God's light. We do need the food. And then when uh, time comes to break fast and sit on the table to, to have food, we usually want some healthy, light, and nutritious food. And for that, we have someone who can talk with us about basically what to prepare. Egyptian Flavors, 50 Recipes is a charming pocketbook full of many amazing, easy to follow recipes from from Egypt. In this book, you can find recipes and stories of classic food for breakfast like taamiya or falafel, my favorite, or um, my guest is going to correct me if I am doing any mispronunciation, but I believe she said full medames or slow cooked fava beans. And also my favorite one, stuffed cabbage, that is uh, the name is Mashi Krom. I think Mashi is for when whatever is stuffed. This is what I learned a few minutes ago. And then when my mom is around, I usually have her to make this delicious, delicious food. Dina Eldaev, celebrated chef and recipe developer, is written two books. Egyptian Flavors is one of them. Dina was discovered by the Middle East edition of the reality TV cook show, The Taste. Before a 
appearing in the show. Dinah wrote and is still writing in her blog and have lots of YouTube clips. I do. I am bringing Dinah to our uh, studio. Hello, Dinah. Thank you, Sarah. What a lovely welcome. I'm so pleased to be here. I, we are so delighted to have you here. Thank you very much. And then I just want to make sure that I brought Sarah, Sarah Schreiber into our attention because Sarah is on the other end helping us out to make sure everything is up and running. Absolutely marvelous. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Of course, of course. Uh, Egyptian flavors is uh, full of, as I said, easy to follow recipes. I think that Dinah really wants us to cook Egyptian food. So therefore, she is making it very easy for us to follow the instruction. Okay, Dinah, let's say it's Ramadan and we want something healthy, light, at the same time, nutritious and very delicious. What is your suggestion? Well, I think there are a few very, very yummy go-to dishes. Um, you've already mentioned tamia and uh, mashi. Um, mashi is stuffed, as you said, that would be correct. Uh, I would think that mashi wara enab is a very, very popular um, dish to prepare. What is it's, that? It's, a, it's, uh, it's called mashi wara enab. So mashi is the stuffed and wara enab is the vine leaf, the, the leaf from the grapevine. And um, you, you would have seen that. It's very similar to the dolma from, from Greek um, cuisine. Um, they prepare it differently. They serve it cold in, in Egypt. It's, uh, they're a more delicate roll and it is served hot. Uh, and it's, it's a really refreshing and nice. Uh, has a squeeze of lemon juice and it, it really, it, it's a lovely, lovely end. It is difficult to fold that uh, that thing. I mean, I yes. my mom makes, yes. and it's just each one by one, one and by it's one. Tough. That's and why. Then, that's why it's so special. I think. Yes. Uh huh. So how how do you fold it? Well, I'm not sure if you can see my my palm there. Hold Hang on. on. So you um you want to try and oh there we go. You want to try, you put your meat across the end, your rice um, and, and mince that's uh, um, already prepared, and then you fold the end and then you flip the sides over and then you roll down your hand, basically, and that gives you a very, very neat roll. Mm -hmm. It's It's a... It's an acquired art form, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then for whoever is not watching this video, <laughs> you need to come back to this video and see what Dinah just did. And then uh, it's, okay, you said Mashi Vara Enab. That's correct, yeah. Yes. Vara Enab. Vara, vara enab. means paper. And the anab is the is the grape, so it's the it's the leaf, the, the vine. Why leaf. would you think that this is a good dish for uh, iftar? Well, because it's very light, actually. It's not a heavy, um, very heavy dish. It's just got a little bit of, of stuffing. Um, you have uh, a lovely flavours of, of lemon juice at the end. And sometimes when you cook that, you put um, some uh, lamb bones in there so you can get the, the flavour of that. But it's not very meaty or very heavy. It's quite light and nice. And you also told me that the other, fa your favorite dish is uh, full madamas. Full madamas, yeah, that's very popular. It's it's um, it's obviously great for people who are vegetarian. Uh, it's made from broad beans or fava beans. 
and that's really slow cooked. Sometimes that's slow cooked over seven, several hours or seven or eight hours or, or um, very, very gently cooked. And then that's sort of popped out of their skin and then mushed together and you season that uh, and have that with very, well, what, whichever you prefer. But usually I like to have a little bit of onion, some cucumber, just some Le Lebanese cucumber, which is very finely diced, some tomato, which is finely diced. And so it's also very light um, and, and really an all-day food. <laughs> I, I think it, it could cover any, any meal, but it's a, certainly a great way. It would be a great way to have um, uh, to break fast. Yes. Um, so, I mean... When we are talking about slow, um, again, slow cooking and taking time to cook a dish, it's time consuming and yeah. uh, sounds or feels difficult, isn't it? It does. I think we're very lucky because nowadays we don't have to have it uh, sitting underneath in the coals cooking uh, overnight. Um, we can use a slow cooker. Uh, slow cookers are a, a great modern tool. Uh, you can set and forget um, for those sort of things if you've got one of those at home. Um, if you didn't, you, you could even use a pressure cooker if you're used to using a pressure cooker. Or you could just, just um, if it's one of those days that you've, you've got and you can prepare it in advance, then that's something that you could just leave cooking um, for hours and then it will be ready for the evening. Why do you think falafel is a famous internationally famous um, dish in your opinion well and for that matter kofta also or dolma uh, they are very famous why why is that well i think with falafel and um, with tamia uh, as you know it is very very international and it's become popular because it's it's varied throughout the middle east region uh you can find that often in um lebanon that the tamia there is the falafel is uh, made with um, chickpeas. Uh, in Egypt, it's not. It's made with the same same beans as former damas, so use the fava beans there, or broad beans. And that um, is also paired with very, very fresh herbs. You've got spring onion and parsley, and um, you've got a, just a vibrancy and a real green, that you know, the health of all those green vegetables, vitamin A, um, from parsley, which is a really, really lovely herb to use. You could use, and and basically it incorporates all of those lovely fresh things. So I think it's light. You you fry it, but um, you know that it's it's not a, a no no food. I would say um, are all of these things that are fried are uh, now a part of the Mediterranean diet, which worldwide is seen as the you know if not. Um, arguably, arguably the best cuisine, the Middle Eastern diet, um, for health benefits. So um, I think it, it really does have a lot of um, nutritional benefits and it's light and another vegetarian option. So why, why do you think that Mediterranean cuisine is, is good one? Well, from my understanding, and I've, I've been interested in the Egyptian cuisine for a number of, de well, over two decades now, my research uh, over that period of time and the research that has come out has shown that the Mediterranean diet, which is which is full of healthy oils, um, it's it has a lot of grains, it has nuts uh, and legumes, and it has uh, you know full of herbs, 
from the garden, which are which are great to grow. But those herbs, uh, lemon juice, olive oil, those are really really very good for our bodies. And um, it, and the Mediterranean diet also isn't full of just excess heavy foods and heavily processed food. And I think that's something that you'll find in, you know, certainly in the US and here where I am in Australia, um, that's a very big part of a lot of people's diet. What is what is a um, very major dish in Australia? And, uh, and in your opinion, what are the major differences between Australian cuisine and um, Egyptian cuisine? Yeah, that's a really good question, I think. Um, in, in Australia, I think predominantly at mealtimes or in the, in the main meal of the day, they, they usually have a meat and three veg kind of option. You'll hear that a lot thrown around, um, meat and three veg. And a, a lot of the time that's cooked outside on a barbecue or certainly in the, in the summer months, um, you'll have a lot of uh, meat that's cooked outside. And that, that may be sausages, um, steak, which is very, very common. You'll have hamburgers also um, very common. And these are mainly very uh, heavy in saturated fats. So while it, it's you do have the, uh, the idea of an ideal meal of three with three veg, um, really it centers around a protein and usually the protein is a red meat. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but it's not the case in Mediterranean or Egyptian cuisine. What about Egyptian cuisine? What is the main dish in Egyptian cuisine? Well, I think just uh, generally speaking, you'll find that there is a variety of, of dishes and it doesn't centre only around a red meat as, a, as the, the majority of your meals. Um, you do get a lot of the, the grains and you do have a lot of things like... Um, you know, tabbouleh and you have mushy, which are, are stuffed, but they only have a small amount of meat in, in with the stuffing. Um, I, I think you've got things like mesa'a, um, which is the Egyptian moussaka, and, you know, you've got your layers of, um, of eggplant and you've got a, um, a meat, tomato-based meat so uh, sauce in there. Um, a bit, it reminds me a little bit of a lasagna in... Um, in Italian terms, but again, that's you know a carbohydrate, and so you've got you've got a lot of uh, vegetable in in the Middle Eastern and and Mediterranean diet. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really where it it's different. What is the moussaka uh, Egyptian moussaka's name? Masaha. Yeah, masaha. Oh, sorry, masaha. Yeah. So uh, uh, for masaha, do you use cheese for masaha to cover the top? Um, there's there's two two versions that I um, make and one is with an uh, with eggplant which is ideally in a perfect world um, perfectly sun-dried <laughs> uh, because that creates a beautiful uh, beautiful flavor just before it's fried and that's layered with your um, your mince and your tomato based sauce and that does not have cheese but the other version um, with zucchini, often that's just sliced in the same manner as the eggplant. It's fried, um, just shallow pan fried, and that's layered in the same manner. And I top that with um, with a white sauce, uh, 
uh, and um, yeah, a cheesy white sauce on top. So, which one of the dishes you make are your Australians' uh, friends' favorite dish that you cannot go wrong with that dish? Do you, do you know what's really interesting about that is I I've been conducting an experiment since I <laughs> since I first published <laughs> my first book, uh, The Taste of Egypt. Okay. And because a lot of people in Australia hadn't really experienced Egyptian cuisine, there's not many Egyptian restaurants, I would say. Um, there's actually very few here. Uh, what I found is that I would uh, test a lot of <laughs> a lot of my recipes <laughs> on my friends. And, you know, I found even with some very, very picky eaters, um, well, well, molochia, which is, have you heard of Molochea? What is, I've heard, yes, yes, yes. I think I've eaten in, in Dubai, but it, I don't know what that is. What it is. It's, heard, it's sort but... of a great, it's a very green soup. It's basically, it's like a herb. And in, um, in, in Europe, they refer to it as Jews mallow, but it, the name of the herb itself is Molochea and it's the name of the dish. Mm -hmm. And molochia usually in in Australia we can get it now fairly fairly easily frozen, and in um, in season in the summer season in some of the markets you can find molochia um, fresh. And so that's really is it very name of the 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 vegetable the herb. Yes, yes, it is. But what it is, is all the name of the dish. Yes. What is the equivalence of the same name in English? I call it molochia. In in English, you will find it as molochia. When you uh -huh. when you go to the market, you, you will often see the English spelling molochia. Okay, there you <laughs> yeah. go. There yeah, you because go. It's I think international name. Yeah, okay. It, oh, there you go. I like yes, it. Yes, <laughs> it's become international, and I think because as more and more people um, have brought uh, ingredients from their native countries into Australia, and it's become part of the norm to see uh, various ingredients and you find those available in the market, they're using the traditional names. So um, there's no Australian name for it mm -hmm. as such. Okay, I like that. Yeah. I like that. And now you're making me very hungry. Before <laughs> uh, well, <So. laughs> I, I think the other thing about it is that my my the children that have tried that um, have really enjoyed it as well, and that has surprised children, me. Because children, children do not eat They're so food. picky. Yeah. And because it's such a strange, it's there's nothing comparable in Australia to a dish like that. This bright green soup, um, which is served with rice and or bread, um, you know, is, is very different to a lot of people. Something they haven't encountered before, but once you taste it, that's where you get everyone on so the here's side. The thing. Uh, I have a picture of you. I think I, we put it on on YouTube. The picture shows a very beautiful, like open mouth um, dish, um, yes. like a pot, and then there is a green soupy thing inside. Is it malachia? Ah, if I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, yes, that will be. Yes. It. it sort of it sort of looks quite. Um, stringy. It's it's yes. mucilaginous is the right. Okay, term, so sorry. I think we are using the same picture for for the YouTube. <laughs> yes, yes, so people can see Malachia. That's yep. that's amazing. Uh, so why did you decide to go with the pocket size? I mean, I know that your previous book is more elaborate, but why um, this one is a pocket size book? That's a really good question. Um, the the taste of Egypt 
uh, was really very, very well received internationally and won some worldwide cookbook awards. It won Best uh, Mediterranean Cuisine and Best Arab Cuisine in the year that it was released. And I think what happened was um, basically more of an awareness of uh, that was that was an, almost the entire cuisine. It was very ref, uh, representative of the cuisine and more of a reference cookbook. But not everyone needs that much. Not, not everyone wants to know all about Egyptian cuisine. And the idea for this book is that it is a travel size. Uh, it's a good companion for traveling for those who want to visit Egypt. And of course, People who travel to Egypt uh, are often uh, in love with the culture and the history of Egypt. And so this is something that can accompany them on that um, journey and their travels where they go and experience the food firsthand and they want to know, oh, my goodness, how can I make this at home? Or what are the ingredients um, at there and can I get it back home? Or what's an equivalent or and that sort of thing. So this book really is for um, the traveller, but it's also for those who just want uh, a bit of an experience into Egyptian food with a lot of the most popular and the and the most well-known, the very favourite kind of dishes um, all in the one book. Do you have, I forgot to ask, do you have malachia in this book? Yes, there'll be malachia as one okay. of the favourites, yes. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. And then we are, we are going to have many other recipes. Please stay put with me. You are watching and listening Peace Mindedly, a podcast featuring peaceful bridge makers. Our guests are connectors of cultures, languages, nations, name it. And our guest today, Daina Eldaev, is one of those people who are connecting Australia to the rest of the world with food. Egyptian flavors, 50 recipes, again, as I said, is very easy to follow recipes and instructions that you can make. And I think uh, Dinah's probably, she's eager to just have us to, to cook Egyptian uh, dishes. So therefore, she has created the book that is not very hectic in terms of jargon or language and so forth. And here's the other thing. There is, I'm just going to ask uh, this question, but there's not, not much picture. It's only drawings and also explanation about the food. So this is the fifth season for Peace Mindedly. We are talking with many, many amazing people that you can find for this season. Back to this hour, we are talking with Dinah Eldaev, uh, author of Egyptian Flavors, 50 Recipes. This is Dinah's second book as she was mentioning her first book the taste of egypt home cooking from the middle east was well received internationally and encouraged her to write this book she's a here's here's what i would like about her she's a master cook of cooking up a storm with cumin infused lentil or sensational stuffed wine leaves dish that we just talked about and also egyptian style moussaka that i think i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna try it for ramadan for sure okay okay Dinah. so if you were to make a sweet dish for Ramadan what would be your choice well uh sweet things yes um we all or a dessert food. you know not necessarily yes. a dish or dessert so what 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 would you think what what are you thinking about thinking about for a sweet dish sweet well probably basbusa <laughs> um 
very, very popular. It's very quick to make and it's very easy. Uh, and you can just have a little a little piece of it. Usually I can't stop at a little piece, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, what but, is um, their name again? Basbusa. Bus busa. busa. Bus in Farsi means kiss. Yes, it, uh, <laughs> likewise, it, it does it does mean kiss. But uh bus busa is uh semolina. It's um in what is bus busa? What is bus busa? It's it's the it's like a cake, a semolina cake. Uh -huh, semolina. But it's uh -huh. semolina, yeah. Semolina. What is semolina? Uh semolina is um oh I wish I, I got some to show you. <laughs> uh you'll find that at the at stores as well, but it's it's um uh basically you'll find it in the in the middle uh Mediterranean section or the international aisle. It's like uh, a little, the little tiny balls that you you see, very very fine grains, and um, you mm -hmm. mix that with flour, milk, butter. It's a, it's kind of a, um, a grain. Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, it's it's like the end of the the wheat. It's very very fine though, in very very small um, balls. Mm -hmm. And in my uh, first cookbook, even though it's not very traditional, basbusa, I have two two different recipes in the taste of Egypt. But when I had my daughter, she was dairy intolerant. And for her benefit, I actually um, developed a, a dairy-free basbusa, which really tastes delicious. So um, even though that's not a traditional basbusa, I've incorporated that in, in um, the taste of Egypt because it's such a, well, more and more people globally experience uh, intolerances and dairy intolerance yeah. is, is fairly yeah. big. So they're catered for at least in the busbusa because I couldn't imagine my daughter not tasting busbusa <laughs> growing up and um, needing to taste that. It's it's a delicious sweetened with vanilla sugar syrup, uh, which is my favourite, but you could use rose water, um, a rose water it's syrup. It's a kind of a cake, right? It's a bit. It's a bit like a cake, yeah. It's a bit like a cake. Yeah, and but not. Meant, not. Sorry, yeah. I was going to say not heavy. Um, not dense. You won't find a. a well, I can't. Do, I suppose it is a little bit dense because it's just the grains, and there's not a lot of self. There's not a lot of rising in it, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it's uh, it's quite nice. And often you'll find it, and you may have seen it with um, almonds over the top. You also mentioned another uh, sweet dish, uh, basbusa, and the other one. Oh, it was basbusa in multiple uh, ways. So you can uh -huh. make it with uh -huh. um, milk and butter. And I've also got a recipe made with yogurt. Uh-huh. And so do you a have completely it in, dairy. Yeah, dairy do you have free. it in Egyptian flavors? Yes, there'll be a basbusa in there. Yes, for okay. sure. I'm awesome. Sure. Awesome. Um, and so in your opinion, have you tasted uh, Turkish food or Iranian food? I'm sure probably Lebanese food. What are the major differences between those cuisine and Egyptian cuisine? I think with um, most of the, the differences you'll find is either in the way that it's cooked or uh, the ingredients that are used. So as we've talked about earlier, um, you can find a dolma, which is the Greek version. They, they make theirs and it's served cold. And in Egypt, it's served hot. They're much more delicate, um, flavoured with lamb and with lemon uh, lemon juice. And so the style of cooking is is very different. Also, I think the um, the Greeks tend to use a lot of herbs and just rice in theirs in their mashi, whereas in um, 
in uh, Egypt, it's it's a combination of the of both. In Turkish and in uh, Lebanese cuisine and things like that, there are uh, changes in the ingredients used. We talked about uh, tamia or falafel, which has uh, chickpeas in the Lebanese version. Uh, and in Egypt, they don't use chickpeas; they'll use um, broad beans to make theirs. Uh, the herbs um, are more uh, prominent, I think, in the Egyptian version. You'll find that it's more moist it's not um uh, it's it's quite moist and it's very vibrant green so it's it's full of those colors and herbs mm -hmm. what is your favorite dish oh um just one good question um mm, i know i should have just a single answer for this and i, <laughs> I don't because i like i like so many my kids absolutely adore uh, molokhia and as a birthday uh, as a birthday dinner treat every year they get to choose their own dish that they want me to make and for many years i'd say over 10 years they all chose molokhia on their birthdays so mm -hmm. it's something that i've grown to enjoy more because i see the joy when they eat it mm -hmm. uh, personally i loved I really love a roast chicken in in the oven and just um, very eat very mildly sort of season. And mm -hmm. one of the lovely ways is with a stuffing made with fadig and uh, rice. And I wanted to prepare a, a recipe for you um, in video, so hopefully you'll you'll get that to pop up. Um, yes, yes, for guests for... to try. But it's yes. really lovely because the grains take on the flavor of the 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 um, the fat which renders from the chicken and creates a lovely stock. And uh, in with the fadig, you get that nutty uh, flavor as well. So it's it's really very nice. I know you're not Muslim. And, uh, and let's say I am coming to your house for Ramadan. So what is the first dish you may offer me and the second dish? I would think probably I would well, go with <laughs> no, I think I probably do full madamas because I think it's mm -hmm. it's light and you can add to it what you like. So you can vary that and people can can be part of that making process. Sometimes even um, with full madamas, you can add boiled eggs, so pop that on the table, some feta cheese, um, and you know people can add what they like. Uh, to their own full madamas. And I think that's, it just brings people together and, and gives them that feeling of making their own contribution to that that meal. Excellent. Um, does your husband eat anything other than Egyptian food? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I met my husband because um, he used to uh, enjoy Egyptian cuisine. He's always wondered what I was eating. And um, I, I used to always offer everyone and I still do really when I make something everyone should try and and uh, and I think you can't say you don't like a food until you've tried it you can't look at something and say I don't, I, I don't eat that mm -hmm. and so I really always say I met my husband through food and and through his stomach <laughs> so uh, <laughs> isn't um, almond the same <laughs> yeah, yeah I think so but for someone because he's Australian I think that it was it was not uh 
not something that I could predict, actually, that he would really enjoy so much variety in the Egyptian cuisine. And at home, certainly, uh, we we vary. We make a lot of uh, different foods um, from roasts to we make sushi rolls or we, we will have uh, stir fries or there's a, just a variety of different cuisines. Um, Do we have kebab in, in Egyptian cuisine, kebab? Kebab, yeah. Um, yes, they do do that, and they, they can even have it with uh, um, kofta, which is sort of also on a kebab as well. So uh, the mincemeat or the cubes of, of meat, um, the kofta, several varieties, as we said, it can be a kebab, but it can also be made as a dish, which is it, uh, uh, cooked often in a, in a pot mm -hmm. with tomato yeah. sauce. So they're, they're often... Um, balls uh, yes. called kofta yeah kebab yes. uh, uh halla that's called in the, yes in the halla mm -hmm. excellent you can never go wrong with kebab uh, with my husband it's <laughs> always kebab and yes. my daughter keeps complaining you always order kebab what's wrong with you yeah but in in our household it's good. It's <laughs> yes it's delicious in our household the rule is just try one or two spoon uh, two spoons if you don't like it, just put it away. Yes. Yeah. And I sometimes can win within the uh, first two spoons. <laughs> yes. And yes. I think that says a lot about food. I mean, you, you can um, really connect with people in ways they don't expect and get them out of their comfort zone. But to realize that, wow, I would, I would never have tried that if you weren't here or I would never have ordered that in a restaurant except that, you know, you've, you like to try different things or or uh, what have you. So personally, myself, I do like to try different things. I actively go out um, looking for new uh, ingredients or new uh, dishes in a restaurant. And I want to try that. And of course, I then um, encourage my family to try them. And because my husband is obviously clearly, uh, you know, he's happy to eat whatever he doesn't cook in our house. He just eats. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, nice. I, I, had, I had a guest from Congo. I'm trying to uh, remember his name. So it's an amazing book, uh, 20 Pairs of Shoes for Refugees in Congo. And then he kept talking about goat meat. And I have never tried goat meat. So right. I went out and bought a goat meat and actually made the stew very delicious. So so yeah, I am all about uh, trying new new things. Please stay put with me. You are watching and listening to Peace Mindedly, a podcast featuring peaceful bridge makers. We kept talking about food and now my, I, I cannot stop my saliva. But, uh, but uh, this program is for Ramadan and I hope that you can buy and try some of the recipes Dinah is talking about in this book. You know, the deal for our show at, at the end of every program, we ask our guests to share something meaningful about peace, about kindness and compassion. And that includes Dinah. <laughs> well, my very strong belief uh, that I've held and I like to share is that I believe food transcends all boundaries. I, I believe that it transcends nationality, gender, religion and all people walks of life we can all bond and connect and share food together and that's a way uh, that we are all common 
yes, uh, very well said. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed uh, the conversation and you made me very hungry and ready for iftar. I, I wish uh, you all the best and happy cooking and happy eating. Sure, thank you so much. Happy Ramadan. Khuda Hafiz. <laughs>